0: Welcome back to this week's episode of Toys on Tap. One of my favorite artists comes on this week, Gorehounds Toys. Yes, yes, yes. You will fall in love with these toys that he makes and 3D sculpts and brings them to life. And it is just absolutely incredible. If you want more on Toys on Tap, you can follow on all social medias at Toys on Tap. If you want to support the show, you can like, subscribe, rate, review, follow. If you want to help us out and sponsor the show, you can jump on that Patreon. We'd love to send you some free stuff. Now let's get to this episode of Toys on Tap. I'm stoked that you're on. We've talked more in the past couple weeks than we've ever talked.
1: Yeah, I know, right? And it's I think, like... I think part of that was I was just... I I don't know. I kind of took a break for a little bit. I got burned out like last year doing way too much stuff. And yeah. then sometimes, you know, as an artist, you kind of have to like pump the brakes a little bit. And then, then I got... I got hungry again and I'm like, man, I'm going to freaking start doing work again. And so now I'm like full gear, like totally amped up, ready to do stuff, you know, which is exciting. I think people forget, too, that like,
0: um, I mean, there's so many of you guys out there, like artists out there. So like getting to all of you is insane. So when one person reaches out and then we just start talking nonstop, like I'm always game for that. So if you're listening, don't hesitate. (laughs) right on i think plus you guys are in like digital sculptors i think have a different set of burdens on them that are way more um like it's harder for me to understand because you're a part of um making a mutant you have your own stuff going on you like are just working on other people's timelines sometimes which is also frustrating
1: Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, making a mutant, I'm always like pushing it to like the last week. Yeah, you know, it's always like, man, uh, you know, I'm hitting a dimension X. Is like, so how's that? Uh, how's that arm going? And I'm like, uh, yeah, dude, it's looking awesome. I'm like, I'm working on it like right now. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing is
0: when people, uh, I hear about this from like more horrific sometimes, or I'll hear about it from um, others of like, yeah, someone backed out. I had to sculpt like four pieces.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That happens all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Just, you know, people Crazy. get busy schedules. And when you're doing like a, you know, a free project, it's kind of like, you know, like you said, timelines, it's, it's hard to judge or juggle sometimes. And sometimes you just have to I had to pump the brakes on the last one. I was just like, dude, like, especially with like the new figures coming out and stuff. I just didn't have any time. And I've got some outstanding orders from, you know, customers. And I'm like, dude, I gotta just like buckle down, focus and get those done. Because it's like, that's more important than then yeah. you know, like like the fun project, you know. But I'm gonna be back this month, so it should be cool. Yeah,
0: which I'm I'm so sick. So uh, before we go any further, please yeah. introduce your tell and ins-
1: introduce yourself. Tell everyone who you are, what you do. Absolutely. So my name is Matt. Uh, a lot of people go. I, I go by 3D Sorcery, is my my handle. But uh, I guess the the project that kind of took off that I make is called Gorehounds, and it is a retro throwback toy line. Um, I'm a 3D artist by trade for years in entertainment, um, also education, um, and then it's just kind of evolved into a passion project, which is Warhounds, which I do for fun on the side, and it's really started to kind of take off and be something of its own, so it's really cool, and I'm also like a huge toy fanatic for years, like I've just been, you know, collecting all kinds of toys and you know street art and urban vinyl and stuff like that and it just kind of I was like you know what I just I want to do this like this is something that I just feel like being a 3D artist you always want to have like you know it's it's badass to hold something that you make you know what, mm-hmm. what i mean so it's like it's cool to like sculpt something but it's like even more badass to actually hold it and i think now you know technology and everything with with resin printing and and where how far things have come it's like kind of like dude like you can make just bitching stuff right like these days like that never existed before and it's it's just super fun to kind of take advantage of that and use it and and you know create the stuff that you've sculpted and put all this time into it's it's badass so in a nutshell yeah that's that's what i am i'm a 3d artist that just does like cool action figures on the side it's still so hard for me to grasp
0: um, cause it was a 3d artist that helped me design Astron. It's been 3d artists that are helping me fix and design different things. And it's hard for me to fully grasp when I get sent those prints that like, this is, it's real now. Like this is, it's real. Like I don't have words for it.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah. I remember the first time I, I printed something and, uh, you know, when it came out of the, I think I had like the Elegoo Mars, I think was mm-hmm. the first resin printer I had. And, um, yeah, I'm also like a huge like Warhammer tabletop guy. I play Kings of War. I've got like an undead army and like all that fun stuff. And um, you know, the first time I like printed some some little war proxies for my, I was like, dude, this is really badass. You know, this yeah. is it's really cool. So I like made a little werewolf army and like other stuff. I was like, dude, this is <laughs> this is bad. You know, this is awesome. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna start making toys. And then I started thinking, like, okay, you know, a lot of people when they start with 3d printing they're thinking they have to print like these giant things right Mm -hmm. but toys you know in essence it's modular right everything's like a piece connected into another piece so think think like create the big thing but then think okay okay, so how do i separate this apart to make it things that i can print on their own that i can put together into a bigger thing you know and so that to me was like even though the printers were small when they first came out you could still do that you know and it's still kind of fit the footprint of something like you know, like Masters of the Universe or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or whatever. Like that totally works fine for something like that. And now you've got the bigger printers, like the Jupiter and Saturn and all that stuff that's out there. But um, but yeah, it, it kind of the technology gives gives you the ability now to do that. And also, like if you're into like any engineering or I've dabbled a lot with like kind of fusion 360 and other programs that are out there that, that really you can kind of get into like the, the engineering part of things you can like really dial in like, you know, tensile strength and getting things perfectly like to fit and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of cool stuff you can do for sure. Yeah. You know, and then there's like, um, I don't know, like
0: I call them almost like alchemists. You have people like bastards of the multiverse that when he was printing Astron for me, he had a whole concoction, like, uh, man, I don't oh, even yeah. know what they're called. It's like resin and stature or something else,
1: like all. Oh, yeah. You can, well, you, there's, there's additives you can add into resin to make it, like, stronger or have it, you know, give it more kind of uh, flexibility, things like that. They have all these different kind of additives now that you can add into resin to do different stuff. Um, and yeah, some, some people get like crazy into it, you know, cause they want it to be like, you know, I think the ultimate goal is like, how do we get our resin to be just like plastic, right? Yeah. Like, like, where is that? What's that formula? Right. And they haven't nailed it yet. Cause you know, eventually it breaks or whatever. But, um, if, if anything, it's cool to, you know, I look at it as, especially with gorehounds, it's like, this is the prototype phase, you know, the yeah. end goal something like Gorehounds is, you know, I want to make an action figure line someday, right? I want to like either run a Kickstarter, or do something and start with my own set of figures. I think it's been my dream since I was a kid, right? And so for now, it's like, you know, all the people that are investing and buying and all the different stuff that I'm making, you're like getting the prototypes, which could be something way bigger in the future. You know, I mean, how big who knows, right? I mean, this is like an art project, right? But if I could get to that point someday, it's like, man, like you were there when I was doing, you know, I, I look at it as like telling stories to people. It was like, man, you were, you were buying the resin prints when I was doing, yeah. and now there's, now there's the plastic ones, you know, like yeah. that's a totally different ball game. Right. And so it's kind of cool. I think it's, you know, a lot of people kind of knock 3d printing and other stuff because it's like, oh, it's not hand casted and stuff. And whatever. I'm like, dude, it's still like, there's a ton of work that goes into that stuff. Like to me, it's like, yeah, you know, I didn't hand sculpt it and 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 put it in silicone and, and pour resin in there and do that. It's more, you know, from a printer. But I still think that there's still a ton of artistry in either form you go with. You know what I mean? So Yeah,
0: I think um, the same amount of work that goes into, like, Kerfloss doing incredible work with wax. Oh, yeah. On the flip side. He was right next to me, by the way, at DesignerCon. He, heck he, uh, yeah, he was. Him yeah, and... Um death and strawberries yeah 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 um but like the same work that they're putting in and they're putting in hundreds of hours sculpting The on the flip side 3d sculptors like the reason i have a toy is because of a 3d sculptor and it has yeah. like they put in hundreds of hours and i don't know it's like yeah both are i couldn't do 3d sculpting but i know how to mold and
1: cast well you know it's it's funny that um i think uh what was it i think uh Kerfloss actually gave me some I, think, I believe he gave me some some monster clay yeah and some other stuff like before i left and because i was talking about it and he was like oh you got to try it out and whatever and so i i have it and um dude it's like you're getting get, I've, I've kind of dabbled around like kind of getting back into traditional mm. sculpting and dude there's i mean that's some badass skill like to be like like you know to yeah. do that you think about like the toys that were done in the eighties. I mean, that was all done by hand like digital sculpting and stuff. Not, I mean, not digital sculpting, but, but by hand with like actual sculpting tools. So there's, there's definitely like, it's almost like there's two different ways of looking at it. Right. I think Mm -hmm. that way you're getting more like that handmade feel like somebody actually spent the time and actually sculpted. At the same time, on a digital piece of work, you're, you're doing the same thing, but you're maybe getting a little more precise, and you've got other tools that help make it a little bit easier, but you're still kind of conceptualizing a certain idea. Whatever you have in your head, you're either trying to sculpt it in clay, or you're trying to sculpt it digitally, and then print it. Like It's it's just two different ways of doing the same kind of medium, and I think they both kind of accent each other in certain ways, too. You know? Right. That's why it's I weird. love like
0: the idea of the toy scene. There's so many facets to it. Yeah. And they all are equally important and equally art. And it's totally. it's good. Uh, you were talking about collecting and like yeah. the toys that you have. Tell me about that collection, man. Oh, man.
1: Okay. So right now I've been – it's so funny. So I used to have – I used to have like a shit ton of toys, okay. like, like so many, but – I'm a dad now I've got two kids and we've got a house, other things, you know, kind of, I had them all in my garage and it was, it was a sad day, but literally it was like, I need to kind of offload a lot of, you know, my collection and stuff. And it was one of those, like, am I going to sell it online on eBay or whatever? And I literally started putting out toys, like a bunch of them. Now, this is the stuff I got rid of, but it was like some badass. I mean, we're talking some original TMNT stuff, some some original Masters of the Universe. But um, I had a guy come in at like six in the morning and was just like, I was just bringing stuff out. He's like, dude, can I just see what you got? Showed him everything. And he like literally wrote me a check for like everything. (laughs) It was crazy. (laughs) So it was sad. I was sad, but... I've started recollecting since then. So I I offloaded some of my old stuff, but now I'm really back into uh getting a lot of the classics again. So I've got a lot of like Ninja Turtles like um in my office, just like sitting on the shelves and stuff. I've got a lot of the new um I love the new Masters of the Universe stuff. So the yeah. the um the origin Origins! One. Or, oh, no, Origins. The, I like the origin stuff. I like the classic. Yeah. Revelations, I think, is cool, but to me it's like maybe a little too you know i think that appeases the crowd that wants all the articulation and all like the really cool you know like kind of newer age stuff whereas like the origins line really to me that's what i grew up with so i look at that and i'm like yeah they added some articulation and stuff to it but they're still pretty classic but they know exactly how to hit those notes where you're like oh but we're gonna add this little extra feature into it which makes it a little bit cooler or sometimes it takes something away which kind of sucks but at the same time i've been like just like buying all of those so yeah. i've got like all the snake men i've got all the uh you know I'm getting a lot of the horde ones it's just like all kinds of stuff so nice I, yeah for sure and also i'm a gundam freak so i've got tons of gundams those
0: are like you the ones that you build yeah, yeah. um i've heard about these a lot um i've never I had a bad experience like with models when I was little. Are these like gluing and painting and decals
1: or are these click together and stickers? So you can do both, right? Okay. I think the the professionals will get into like the actual gluing and stuff mm-hmm. and like really like airbrushing and getting crazy with them. But for the most part, you can just kind of take them off the sprues and stick them together. And they're all kind of like form fitting um, with decals and things like that. That's like from the base level, but there's like, there's like, literally a whole subculture in Japan, you know the gun plus sub- uh, subculture where these people like compete in competitions. Like they dedicate their lives to like painting, yeah, figures and stuff. And there, there's some amazing stuff. Like my wife and I have been talking about, you know, doing a family trip to Japan. I'm like, dude, yes, I want to go just to see all of that, you know. But yeah. I started in it, it's crazy enough in grade school. I was at a comic book shop, and this was like when I was, I must have been, I mean, she's like what, like ten years old or something, eleven years old. I remember going into a comic shop and I like begged my dad for a, a Gundam. You know, it was like the old school original one. And I sat there and I built that thing forever. And then my buddy saw it and then he got one. And we started all through high school. We were like building all like, gundams and stuff. Nice. So that's where that whole thing kind of came from. But like that's another habit that I kind of curbed over the years, but I still love them. Like every time I see them, I'm like, oh man, dude, these are so cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. Finding the
0: time to build something is like on top of having kids and on top of doing gore hounds and on top of like, holy moly, I couldn't imagine.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's a lot for sure. For sure. But, um, but yeah, and gore hounds um, that just kind of came along with my love of toys. Like from the, from the eighties, I grew up watching horror movies, like yeah. totally obsessed with horror movies. I used to have, you know, it, my my childhood was like an Amblin movie, right? Like when I was a kid obsessed with horror movies, you know, me and my friends would ride our bikes down to the, the local video store. And there'd be some old dude that let us rent like whatever we wanted to. And we'd ride back with, you know, bags of videos and, and watch like the worst stuff out there. And, and I think in the 80s, like your parents didn't really care. They'd be like, what are you watching in there? Hellraiser? That's nah, totally fine. Yeah. Like, it's like, you know, totally different than nowadays. It was like, what is that? Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3? Nah, nah it's not that bad. Yeah. Like You know, absolutely terrifying stuff. And, um, you know, that that sticks with you, right? So, you know, for me, that was my childhood it was kind of built around all these monsters and creatures and scary stuff. You know, I think that was really kind of the cornerstone of like my creativity in a way. Because, you know, when you see that stuff, when you're a child, it kind of like resonates in your head, you're like drawing, you know, messed up things and whatever. And it just kind of like carries through, right? So, yeah. Uh, for me, I just always had this love of horror movies and different types of, of films from the 80s. And I just thought they were, you know, so awesome. And so, sorry. <laughs> and so, um, basically, uh, you know, I wanted to do a throwback line, right? I want to do like a retro line that I'm like, okay, I want to do something that's like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but it's like yeah. my own thing. Maybe it's a little more edgy and part of that is like I guess I'm I'm kind of like I don't know what it is man I just feel like the toys you know I've got two kids right I've got tons of toys we've got you know they've got everything but I look at the toys nowadays and they're just so streamlined and so yeah. clean and so safe you know what I mean like everything is like so safe and clean yeah and I'm like dude like and, and everything's like you know I hate to say it's just like everything's too, like, there's no edginess. The edginess is like gone, right? The 80s were full of edginess. I mean, everything was like just pushing the limit all the time. And nowadays, it's like, I think toy companies are like, no, 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 we're going to get too much backlash. So they don't do that kind of stuff. And, but I think they're, they're really, I don't know, I think a lot of parents would be cool with that if, if there were certain lines that had that. So to me, it's kind of like, I don't know, a love letter. little bit to the 80s and and the kind of stuff we had when we were kids and i wanted to just kind of push the envelope with it right i'm like okay i want to make a line that's like you know kind of like a throwback to either a teenage mutant ninja turtles or whatever a lot of the playmate stuff you saw but like kind of my own spin on it something a little darker maybe a little more edgier i'm not afraid to put like some blood on there you know like like that kind of stuff and it's funny too that like my kids love them. Like, they're like, dude, these are awesome. Like, you know, I want that in my room. And like, you know, it's like that. <laughs> so I sit there, and I'm like, I think there's there's a market for that. You know, I don't think necessarily for kids maybe, but our, you know, my age, like somebody who grew up in the 80s, I think that. We interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Meanwhile, in the a galaxy of wood-like treasures. DOV2, we have engine failure! We must crash land on DKE Toy Planet! Oh my! We're doomed! Wait! Salvation! Hooray! We're saved, DOV2. Limited edition custom artist made action figures in DKE Toys! Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures! you know that stuff really resonates with people that way for sure
0: yeah there's something about um in the 90s i mean when did the gi joe cartoon come out 80s that was yeah the 80s for sure 80s so i would say like let's say it begins there um and then it goes into the 90s when you have things like x-men the animated series um, they both have something in common where they're starting to dilute violence. Where like G.I. Joe, they're shooting uh, bullets and it doesn't really hit anyone. No one really – like when they go yeah. in, they don't kill them. They just punch them or something. Yeah. Uh, the same thing with X-Men in the 90s. It got diluted even more that Wolverine, whenever he was fighting a human, he would pull his claws in. But when he was fighting a sentinel, yeah. he'd pull his claws out. Yeah. Like, I, like at some point in there – these characters that are supposed to be built to like murder and to be death machines have had everything stripped from them and are now, uh, what it's like, uh, they're, they're presentable now.
1: Oh, Well that, yeah. I think the Saturday morning cartoons have always been that way. Right. Even you look at Ninja Turtles, right? Like the, the show was so like, so G rated. Right. Yeah. But then you, you look at the figures and you're like, oh, they like totally ignored all that and said, <laughs> let's go for it. You know? Yeah. Like, let's like, especially like figures like, how was the one was it pizza face or that one that's like the pizza guy is like the meat cleaver and like, a- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's like super gnarly. um Or like muckman, you know, he's just basically like a decaying dude, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, with, like a hole in him and stuff. I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, that's yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's why like I loved
0: One's like uh Gargoyles in the 90s cuz it was so dark. Yeah. And they somehow balanced the like we're not going to kill but we're also we're basically just demons that are hit, yeah. sitting on the top of a roof.
1: How do we sell this like the right way? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. No Gargoyles was man, Gargoyles was awesome. God, yeah. that that brings back memories for sure. That show was so good. <laughs> That show was so good. Even today, like, I mean, there's so many fans of that show. That show was, you're like, why couldn't that, like, they need to bring that back. Yeah. And the <laughs> toys were good. The toys were really good. Like, like, yeah. even though they, they were kind of, I would say that it was kind of that era where we were getting a lot cleaner mm-hmm. toys. Like, especially like the Disney kind of look to the toy. Right. Very, very. Yeah. Clean. But. But they were they were badass toys, though. They were like really well done. Like the poses were great. The expressions were great. Like they just did a really good job with those lines. And they made figures yeah. of like everything, even a lot of like offshoot stuff from the show. They did like they did a lot of really cool stuff with that. What was fun with that is that was
0: still like you were holding a winged creature with teeth showing like you couldn't yeah. get away from that. Oh, totally. And so even if they cleaned it up, it's still like they all still looked angry. And it was yeah. so rad. totally um so as you like you have this urge to do this what starts kicking it off what starts kicking it off trying to get to this point of like how do i make because it's like there's a decisive or there's an amount of decisions that have to be made of i want it to have some edginess to it i still love the beginnings of where i come from so how Mm -hmm. do i smash those together
1: you know, it kind of just for me, I just kind of go with like stuff I think is cool, right? Mm. right? Like so for me I'm like it's pretty easy. I'm like I'm I'm literally like, you know what? It would be badass if I made a figure of like a Cthulhu, right? Yeah. I want to make a Cthulhu figure, but I want it to be like if if Cthulhu existed in the Ninja Turtles universe, right? What would he go. look like? Right? That I think that's kind of how it started, right? And I was like, well, you kind of have something like this and, you know, his wings probably wouldn't be so big and it would just be a little different, you know, like, it. Yeah. I think that that is kind of where it it started up almost like a mashup in a way. And then from there, it's kind of like, okay, that, that kind of drove like the look, right. For me, that was like, okay, there's these stylized kind of little horror dudes, you know, I kind of have an idea of what I want to do with this. So then I made like, now I got to go zombies, like for sure. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of dove into brain saw and like thinking like, okay, I want like a zombie that, you know, eats people, but maybe he's like a little cybernetic. So it has a little bit of like a 80s, 90s flair in there, you know, but still kind of like gruesome and and cool. And so those little notes, I try to get those little like tropes in there of like stuff that would resonate with people from their past, Mm -hmm. but also just stuff that I think is cool. Like, you know, a werewolf samurai. Like, I think I was literally having a conversation with one of uh, my coworkers one day, and I was like, "I'm a teacher, by the way." Uh, mm-hmm. By day, <laughs> and uh, we were talking about, you know, like just just like badass things, and I was like, "Man, it would be awesome if there was like ninjas versus samurais, but maybe like the ninjas are vampires and the samurais are werewolves." you know, like, like the most like ridiculous conversation. Yeah. And like, oh, that would be so cool. Like, it'd be an awesome, like movie or, or con, you know, con. And I was like, I want to make an action figure of a werewolf samurai. And, I, and so it just started doing it. And then when I was a designer gone, I actually just sat there I was bored and I, I made that. And from there, I just kind of kept it evolving. And I was like, I got to get this figure done. But then it really just kind of, it's like that. It's like, whatever I think is cool, but also while I'm doing that, think about things that, you know, little tropes that I can kind of inject into it that would resonate with people from their childhood. Right. Yeah. So So
0: let's pause there and walk back Mm -hmm. to you learning or even deciding that you wanted to go into digital sculpting because to, to, to think. That's a good, that's a good question. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Because like in my, so on my side with the molding and casting, When I want to prototype something, I'm, like, cutting toys and slamming them together to figure out, like, what's going to work, deciding if I want to go digital sculpt or if I want to try to do it and get it out. A lot less skill going into mine when I'm trying to prototype because I'm just slamming things together. Totally. How do you get to the point where, one, you want to decide to digital sculpt and that's your thing? And -hmm. then, two, where you start to learn so that you could do action figures?
1: So for me it kind of happened organically like for on one side of the equation I love toys and like mm-hmm. right and total toy geek on the other side of the equation I've been a 3D artist for 20 something years right and so before I got into making action figures and the kind of models and stuff I do now I was making models for video games right mm-hmm. so started way back in like the early Quick days making like models for like quake three arena and stuff like that right i used yeah. to do level design and skins and custom models and all that i was all part of that whole movement right um did a ton of that that segued into doing some video game work and then i had my own game studio for a couple of years working on a couple of different projects and different things but all throughout all that time i was consistently learning 3d and getting better with the tools as they came out right so starting with a really strong foundation in 3d and then kind of evolving into more like zbrush and things of that nature and digital sculpting right so i used to do comic book coloring back in the day and things like that so that drawing kind of comes naturally to me in in certain ways and then that kind of evolves into sculpting and then you take the 3d foundation with that and you're making all kinds of stuff so um as a side gig i do a lot of game models right so I'll do a lot of animated creatures and characters and stuff that I sell on you probably heard of like unity game engines like that so I sell yep. stuff on like those asset stores and for and do a lot of work for other people we've got a lot of you know jobs that I do for people in that in that kind of a world um but you know having that skill set in creating things in 3D especially with like zbrush kind of translates really well into toys you know so I could sit there and look at a toy before I even started making it and go, oh, I kind of get an idea of how this is put together. And then I can just go into ZBrush and just start making it, right? Just because I know essentially already what to do. I don't have to be trained. I just kind of know the ins and outs of it. And I, I, you know, I'd pull apart toys and be like, oh, I see what they did here. And like, okay, now I get it. You know, like it's it's very kind of simple in, in mm. a way if you if you have a strong foundation in 3D. So for me, I was like, okay, I want to do these resin figures and I was looking at what other people were doing with resin figures and, you know, there's a lot of like, you know, for me, um, you know, I'd see a lot of resin figures that people put out there and they're doing flush magnets together, right? So they have an arm touching a flush magnet like in a torso, right? So it's like a magnet on a magnet and that's how they do their their articulation, right? But I was like, I mean, that works, But it would be better if you had a peg inside it within the magnets against the peg and the actual model. So then you have a little bit of the resin that acts as a constrictor towards the magnet. So the the arm, if it's moving now, it's a little harder to move the arm and it can stay in different poses and stuff instead of just being magnet on magnet. So I started getting into a little more of like, okay, how do we make this a little more rigid so I can pose it better and I'll keep the pose. And if I put something in the arm, the arm will stay there, like things like that. Right. So I started thinking of that how to use the resin to your advantage. Um, And so just having that kind of mindset um, and having a 3d, you know, resin printer allows you to just jump in and start prototyping right away. And so that's what I started doing when, you know, when I made the first uh, Cthulhu, um, it was huge. I made this like giant one and then it was all one piece. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to split it here. I'm going to split it here. I'm going to split it here. You know, and then I went back into ZBrush and then separated it all out and then printed all those pieces. And then, started just messing around. And originally it was flush magnets. It was just like magnet on magnet. And I was like, it works. I could sell it that way, but I was like, I wanted to have a little more, you know, uh, rigidity to it. Right. And so I started kind of uh, just getting a little more hardcore with the engineering on it, (laughs) which is
0: crazy. I think that's what interests me so much about uh, 3d sculpting and Mm -hmm. jumping in and just, uh just starting to work with engineering like you're you're pretty limited in certain aspects of like molding and casting and and mm-hmm. uh i mean people are doing so well like um uh stanfield uh toys and his toy uh gorville gorville Gar- um he made this he started casting the magnets in the resin so like you don't even see them they just start connecting cool. yeah and it's like yeah, they're they're upping this game. And it also has peg joints and all kinds of stuff and moves. And I think when people start doing that kind of stuff. It's, oh, yeah, it's incredible.
1: Well, it's, it's funny you said that, because I've actually been thinking about doing some similar stuff. Now, you know, with when you get into 3D printing, I'm like, well, you know, I have so much precise kind of stuff I can do with 3D mm-hmm. printing, right? And I was like, well, there's no reason that I couldn't make an arm that maybe has like a like a, a covered section that I could pull off, put some magnets in there and then put that back on. But now when I have armor, it just attaches yep. instead of like pegging it and things like that. It, totally. I know exactly what you're saying. That's awesome. That's cool that he's doing it in the resin, though. That's badass. Yeah. Which is
0: t- like you got to have some forethought to do some of this stuff. Oh, dude, I think yeah. like that makes being able to hide it makes it more that word toyetic or more of a mm-hmm. toy, but then being able to like make them interchangeable because it's just like, Oh, let me pop this out real quick. Yeah. Like that's yep. incredible. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. That's, that's, that's awesome. Totally. Um, <laughs> I, I love the idea of prototyping immediately. I haven't taken the, the jump, the, the jump that I'm trying to get to is like, I have things, uh, 3d sculpted and then I'll do all the printing. Yeah, um, yeah. But I haven't even made that jump. I it like it's just one more thing. It takes up room somewhere and I got to
1: figure out how to do it. And yeah. Well, dude, aren't you? You're you're in SoCal, right? Yeah. So am I. Just let there you, we let me go. Know. Let me know. Oh, my garage is a factory. Hey, yo, I like I
0: absolutely that might be a thing because I absolutely like I, I love that kind of stuff. Uh, but mm. we we'll talk about that later. Let's. Yeah, talk, yeah, yeah. I want to hear all about <laughs> gorehounds and stuff. Um, now you have produced uh, some figures already. You've already sold, and like they're going. This is yeah. just like a, yeah. a a new brand. Tell me about each one of these figures.
1: Yeah. So it it started with uh, the Eldritch Beast, which is yep. the, the Cthulhu, right? Um, and that, that, the name of that kind of came with my love of like Dungeons and Dragons that I, yeah. I used to play that all the time in the Eldritch Beast that kind of like, you know, it, it is, it is Cthulhu basically. Yeah. Um, but, um, that one was kind of like, I want to, it all started with that, right? I was like, dude, I'm just going to make a figure. Um, I, you know, I saw what a lot of people were doing out there in the customizers world with custom TMNT mm-hmm. and all these different custom ones. And, you know, I, I noticed that, okay, to, to really make it, you know, sellable, you kind of have to go the full gamut, right? You got to have the packaging, the artwork, you got to have the blister on there, tray and the figure in there. Like, like, it's almost like you bought it on a shelf, right? And um, so I started doing it with Cthulhu and I was like, I'm going to, once you make one, then I know the process for all of them, right? But it started with that one and it it kind of just like, hey, I'm going to sell it and see what happens. And I did and it did, Fairly well. I mean, I I sold like Thursday night, seven p.m. YouTube live. It's Toys Alive, right. Toys Alive. Toys Alive, Toys Alive. 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 This way cool artist unboxing. No Accounts under a thousand followers. What? Art out there for thirty bucks or less. Go. Collector spotlight. Ooh, Current and upcoming shows and drops. Sure. Giveaways. What? Short chats with artists. <laughs> 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 news from the hood. indie all the time. That's That's Toys toys Live. live. Toys Live. Thursday nights, 7 p.m. PST, YouTube Live. A lot, like when it first came out, and they just kind of kept consistently going. Um, And then I was like, okay, I'm going to do a variation of that one. So then I did that. But then I wanted to expand the line. So I was like, okay, I only have the one figure, and I have a loose storyline, but let's try to like evolve this and keep this going. Because I'm like... You know, sky's the limit, right? I mean, who's this, who's to this stop me? Let's just keep going. So then I was like, okay, let's do Brainsaw. So I did Brainsaw. And then that one was super successful. I was like, man, I, think I got something, right? Yeah. So you keep going with figures, right? So there was Brainsaw. Then I did um, Skellion, which was like that like uh, skeleton one that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now we're getting into more of the, the Demon Lancer and the... Uh, I wanted a hero to the line. So Grimshot, which is like the kind of the almost like a little Punisher kind of dude that like lives in the world and fights like all these enemies. I wanted like that hero character. So Grimshot is that for me. And then, um, Jinro the werewolf that's kind of like his buddy. So like, to me, the two of them are like the ones that fight all of these creatures, but now it's like, okay, I have like the hero element, which is also dark. Like they're antiheroes. They're, they're Mm -hmm. bad. They're, they're good guy, bad guys. Right. Like they, they're pretty dark as good guys. Um, but, uh, you know, now it's like, okay, now I want to expand and make more enemies, like tons of enemies. Right. (laughs) So it's like, in my mind, it's like, okay. And every new figure that I come out is just another thing that they can fight. Right. And so Mm -hmm. that's when I'm designing it now. I'm thinking, okay, like this would be an awesome thing for them to fight in this world that, that I've created, which is Gorehounds. And I kind of like loosely keep evolving the story with each figure that's created. Right. So I don't really know, the whole story of what this is all about but in you know in from a high level it's these two kind of anti-heroes that travel from cemetery to cemetery fighting monsters that come out of portals right that's yeah. like the the loose storyline which to me is like that's pretty bitchin'. like if that was a cartoon i would hella watch that right yeah hell and yeah. so it's like with everything oh yeah and with, with every figure that I do, it's kind of just expanding on that narrative, right? And so eventually, if I end up doing uh, a toy line or actually, you know, doing a Kickstarter or something, it's like, let's really try to like push the, you know, I feel that is it's like, you, you kind of have to have like the narrative that goes with it to to keep people interested and engaged and keep them going. So I've been thinking about doing a comic book and other stuff with it, but that's kind of where it sits like so far. It's like, you know, they're, they're retro stylized, you know, horror figures, but they also kind of have this loose narrative of this story and I'm trying to evolve a bigger universe. And it's like, just like join it, join it for the journey, man. If you, if you dig it, like jump on it, you know, <laughs> hell yeah. And all the figures are so good. They have like a good
0: size to them. They look incredibly detailed. Um, but I'm going to brag on you for a second. I okay. love doing this with artists. It's my favorite thing. makes people feel uncomfortable. It's whatever. It's okay. Um, not only do you design the the characters and then mm. like each aspect of the accessories and maybe there's a little buddy that goes with it and like all of that, but you sent off for blisters to fit perfectly around a backer <laughs> card and yeah. you have the backer card that is incredibly done and you have the thing that holds the blister or that holds the character under the blister. So like this is not just a
1: half-assed toy line. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that was a really big part of and, and it. The funny thing is, with that comes time, which I've yeah. learned as somebody is an artist doing this on the side. You know, I have my process, but it takes a while to do that kind of stuff. But I feel like the end result is if you're going to buy something like this, you kind of have to like really push those elements. Because when people, if you're doing a throwback or a retro element, right? um you could just like slap it in a blister and throw it on i've seen it you know a ton of those to me like i don't necessarily love that like i i like it to look like did it was this actually made in a factory like almost mm-hmm. like kind of trip people out in a way when they see it they're like dude when where did you get the you know i've had people that literally look at him and they're they're like analyzing it and they're like oh shit this you actually <laughs> ate that inside yeah. of i go yes i did because i feel like that that's where the value comes out and i think as an artist it's almost like in a way I feel like they're getting something that, that really could have existed. And actually it's funny. I did a, I did an art show um, about a year ago at gallery show. And the whole theme was that it was like a retro throwback, like the best toy line that, that didn't could have existed in an alternate reality of the eighties. Right. Yeah. So this, this is Gorehounds. Right. And that was the whole thing It was like, you know, make it, make it feel like this actually existed and it sat on the shelf, but then little things like, Look, everybody wants to get their paws on the figure, right? So if you just glue the blister on there and then you got to rip it off the back, that sucks, right? Because then you've like ruined the artwork and collectors, that's a big deal, especially myself, right? Like anybody who loves toys, you want to keep that backer like forever with the toy, right? You don't want a backer that has like a torn element on it. You want the backer and you want it as clean as possible. Right. So, you know, I, I, I saw a couple other artists that were doing like a wraparound on the side. And so basically engineered, I, I literally designed a blister in 3d and then hit up some factories in China. And I was like, I want to get this made. And I, and I, you know, I was like, I want it like, so it curves around the edge. And they were, they were like, why? Like literally they would always be like like firing like back at me, like, why would you do that? Like you need you need it flat so you can put it. and I go, No, 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 no. I want it to go around the edge. And they were like, they couldn't understand like what I was trying to get across. But eventually I made, you know, I was like, that's great. But like bend that edge so I can tuck it around the bat. And they were like, okay. And so they did it and sent it to me. And I was like, perfect. And so now it's like I have my mold, I have everything done, and I just order those when I need them. So yeah. Which well, yeah. is rad and not much like that's one of the
0: elements that makes your figures um like superior to a lot of toys and just toys in general not like made toys but just toys in general because i don't have to destroy anything to get to it I don't yeah have you can to... just kind
1: of pry open that edge and then just fold open the plastic pull your pull that tray out and then you've got access to your figure you can take them out i, I wire everything and built everything in so it's just kind of in there but um, but yeah. Then you put it back in, wire it back up, slide it back in the figure, tuck it over the edge, and then you're put it back on your shelf. Yeah, you know? what, yeah. put it away when you're done playing with it. Put it, put it away when you're done playing with it.
0: Um, and I, I we talked we did a live uh, when you um released the the latest edition, and we talked about and one of the things that um that I really love about your toys is that like it not only does it have this grungy feel this this like darker aspect to it but mm-hmm. it also picks up aspects of different toy lines that I loved as a kid and that I still love now um like earthworm gym where there's like not only is there the main toy but then there's a gun or an accessory or like six accessories uh, yeah. and then a little buddy yeah like all kinds of weird stuff and
1: it's just incredible well, what's what's funny about that is so when I started with the Cthulhu, right, that I just kind of designed a staff for him. And he had this like staff with a skull mm-hmm. and it just fit in his in his claw and like it kind of balances in there. But it works. You can hold it. And I was like, that's cool. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to do another one also that and I have like the I think one was like the mystery accessory mm-hmm. or whatever. But that one I'm going to do, I'm just going to do it in neon because I love like like how the turtles back in the day would have like accessories that kind of like popped out, right? There'd be like accessories that were like kind of like a weird neon blue or a weird neon green or, you know, like they didn't like yeah. really fit realistically, but they were still cool. Yeah. And it was such like a throwback element. So, so that was the kind of like my retro thing. I was like, you'll get one accessory that has that little kind of neon flair to it to make you think of those plastic accessories that you had like in the eighties on all of those toys. And so I started with him doing that. And then that's like, like you said, like what I'm doing. So like demon Lancer, he's got a little buddy, but he's in like a neon orange, you know, mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, uh, Jinro, he's got like a big neon claw, you know, like I love that little kind of just pop a neon. Cause it's, that is the eighties accent right there. That, that to me screams eighties having that little piece in there, you know? Yeah. So
0: cool. <laughs> I remember like, and then how, even on this newest one, how everything fits so perfectly. And as we're talking, I think it was cool because when we did that lot, which by the way, you invited me on the live. We had only met, I think, once at Designer Con.
1: I think, and, yeah. I, and I it had your like... tape deck. <laughs> that was why I, t- I messaged you. I was like, oh, dude, which actually, where is that tape deck? I'll find it. But I had it, I had it sitting, like, right next to my yeah. desk, and I was like, toys on town. I was like, oh, dude, this guy gave me the – my kid, actually, was in my office, like, looking at my stuff, and he grabbed the cassette tape, and he's like, what is this? And I was like, I was, like oh, I had, like, a big pile of, like – designer con stickers and just yeah. stuff that people gave me and um uh swag right all the little you know stuff yep. and uh and i was like oh this is a cool guy he does this like you know i was explaining to him like what it is it's like a podcast about toys and toy design and toy collecting and all that and um this is his like basically like, like his business card right i think was there a magnet or a button in there i forget what was magnet button was sticker tattoo um, but um I was like, you know, I'm gonna hit this guy up. Cause I, I just be more active now hitting people up with, with Instagram. And I know you're so active, but yeah, no, it was, um, I, yeah, I, I saw that. And I was like, it was like, it reminded me of you. And I was like, dude, I gotta hit this guy up. And then I think we just started bullshitting on Instagram. And then I was like, dude, like, Oh, you know what it was? I was talking to Dimension X and he was like, he had just done a podcast with you too. So it was kind of like a double whammy. It was like, I saw your thing, and then he had mentioned you had done a podcast and I was like, dude, I got to hit this guy up. Like, what am I doing? And so then I hit you up. In the room.
0: I think um, it was fun to be on the live
1: nice. uh,
0: because I, I love like the more in depth I get with toys, the more I love talking about them. Yeah. It's not enough for me to see you hold up uh and me say like, that's a cool toy. That's not enough. I want to talk about, the details that got put into the fur and talk about how the ears are bent a certain way and how like his teeth and everything. I want to talk about all of it. And um, so when we went on that live, I, what was funny is I was laying in bed uh, and I was like, dude, probably five minutes. Like I I laid in bed because I was talking to my wife, knowing that we had a live coming up. If I would have laid down for five more minutes, I'd have been out. And so it was like, <laughs> I got up and I was like, let's do this live. And I I, I jumped on um, and it was one of those conversations where I was like, oh, this is, it was good. I got energy from it.
1: But, you know, what's funny. It was, um, I was like, I was excited to do that live because I, I haven't really done a live before. And I was like, man, this is my first live. Like, <laughs> I was like all pumped about it. I was literally finishing that werewolf, like. I, I was late. I was even late to the live cuz I was like I'm almost done I'm almost done. I was the city fiction. He's almost ready. Just give me like 30 more minutes, right? So I was yeah. like I was literally like busting that guy out. And no joke, I was taking it I was spraying him with an airbrush and like doing like uh oh I was doing um like washes and stuff and I was taking a hair dryer or I have like a like a, a heat gun to help the the uh what do you call it the wash like dry faster so then i could go like sprit with like my you know my my uh my satin and stuff so it like looked like just perfect dude i was getting all crazy with that <laughs> i i loved it and i i think what is um
0: what's cool about doing those things cuz i love jumping on lives I, I like it's such a fun way to talk to people and get more people in there um but it just helps people like click in yeah like you have to get in there and just are incredible. And for what you do and for what like all the time it takes, they're
1: reasonably priced. Yeah, you know, that's been something uh, I've battled with a little bit too. Because I mean, as you know, it's like these things take a lot of time to do. And I think I, I think my wife and I talked about this, like way too much. She's like, dude, you spend so much time on these toys, and whatever, and you only sell for that much. And I'm like, I don't. But like, part of me is like, you know, you're also launching something. Right. And, you know, for some people will be like, oh, that's way too expensive and whatever. But those people, I think, don't really realize how much work's put into it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this is a hand painted original art piece that took hours of work from the printing to the finishing to the painting to the packaging to the, all that stuff that goes into it. Right. And you're getting it, honestly, at a pretty darn good price, like to 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 kind of get into the collecting it. Right. But at the same time, it's like I feel like that price kind of sits in well with what other people in this world are. You know, I've done a lot of looking at what other people are doing, you know, what they're selling things for. Some people are selling for higher, some people are selling for lower. What is this
0: master? Deep in the darkest corners of our earth. Digital
1: sculptors are choosing body parts and combining them in unnatural ways. <laughs> they are making a mutant. Join us, the evolving
0: group of worldwide toy makers, as we collaborate in digital sculpting and making a mutant on Instagram. <laughs> Making a mutant on Instagram. Join making a mutant on Instagram, a digital sculpting toy collab.
1: I feel like that sits in pretty good with what everybody else is doing out there. So, uh, you know, you want to stay competitive, but also you're launching something, right? So, this is a a new concept. It's something I want people to get in their hands. I want it to get out there. I want people to have it and talk about it and, you know, put it on their shelf and be like, dude, these are badass, like, you know, whatever. And, You know, I feel like it's not that crazy of an investment, you know, if you want to get into that, you want to collect them and stuff like that. So that was kind of where I landed, you know, I mean, depending on the economy and all that stuff, I don't know if it's going to go up or down or whatever, but right now it seems pretty safe where it's at. So I'm going to stay there for now, but um, I think it's fairly good, but it's funny you say that because a lot of people say it's too cheap or that's the, you know, it should be, you should be charging more and whatever but i'm like yeah we'll see yeah <laughs> uh what i because there's that i think people also
0: forget the part where there's this like um this tension that we're always playing with if uh-huh. it's too low people probably won't buy because it's too cheap if yep. it's too high people won't buy because it's too expensive right and so it's like finding and the psychology of it you can never drop your price down yeah. you can always raise your price yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, so it's like trying to figure these aspects out while you're you're giving birth to this
1: huge IP. Totally, totally. Yeah. And it's like, I think part of me, it's is almost like this rebellious thing inside that's, you know, people always say, I mean, we live in a world now where like, it's crazy to even sit there and, and, and be like, yeah, I'm going to develop my own IP. And I'm going to try to make it like this massive thing. People are like, that's, fucking nuts, dude. Like, Mm -hmm. no way, dude. You don't have the money, the time, like, you know, the resources to do something like that. And I think there's this little, like, rebellious spirit in me is like, fuck that. I could do that. I could, Mm -hmm. I could make that shit happen. (laughs) You know, and it's like, as crazy as it sounds, like, as just out there, like, yeah, right. Part of me is like, nah, man. I mean, like, has anybody really done it? like really like tried to like do it and like push it and make it go. Like, like, let's say like, I wanted to make the next, you know, like Ninja Turtles toy line. Right. And like, you don't have a cartoon, you don't have like the resources, you're not in the stores, you know, all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, but like we got resin printers now. Exactly. That's so, a start. Right. So like, let's just see how far you can go with it. Like, you know, and just like do it limited, you know, yeah, you're not going to get thousands of them made, but, you know, if you can get a couple hundred out there that people really like, you know, we're living in a viral world now. So especially the collector's community, if one person gets it and they're like, this is badass. Where'd you get that? Oh, dude, this artist, he only does like 50 at a time. There's these like cool things he makes, like check it out. And then boom, then that person gets it. It's pretty cool. Like I will say, like I've got um, some some customers who are pretty awesome, who like literally love it like they're all in like you know and every time I I do one they like you know they they show me all the time like all the figures they got and all kinds of stuff and to me that's like awesome like I'm so stoked to see that I'm like dude that is badass because I feel like dude I'm creating something that people like really love and like to display it on their shelf and there's like this super high I get like knowing that somebody has that figure you know what I mean like there's like it's pretty badass like you like, dude, like out of all the stuff that was out there, you liked my figure and you put it on your shelf like that to me is so cool. Like their words can't describe how cool that feeling is. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting, but you know, I mean, from a high level, it's an art project, you know, but how far can I go with it? Right. Like, yeah, I was once told that, um, everyone is somebody's Banksy, right?
0: There's people out there collecting everything you make everything that you do they keep up with it they are your biggest fan because you are their banksy that is such a good quote i'm going to dude i'm going to write steal it, it, it down everybody's somebody's banksy that is so good dude <laughs> steal I it. it i that one of my favorite things that came out of the live when we did it was that we um we were just bouncing ideas yeah not enough of that happens in the toy world where um like Yes, it's a toy community. And I think Mm -hmm. that it's a great community. The problematic piece of the toy community is there's not a realm in which we can basically sit in a room and say like, great, this is my idea. Does it suck? Is it good? Like, let's be critical. And so it was really cool to be on the live and then just say like, man, what if you did like accessory packs that could go out later editions or man, like how do we do the, even the samurai mask? Like that came right. from
1: that lot. And it was it totally did. That totally came through literally. We, we did that live. We talked about the samurai mask and literally the next day I did that. I'm like building it in, in, in Maya and Z and then freaking through some Instagram posts. And I was like, everybody's getting a samurai mask. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. You know what was funny was with that. I'm literally so when I do my my um the uh, uh what do you call it the the boot right that that goes inside the the vacuform machine mm-hmm. right or the buck the buck or the, I don't know the buck or the boot whatever you call it that I you know I do it out of wood right and I was putting genro on the wood and I typically what I do is I'll just eyeball it right I'll just kind of look at the wood. And I just use MDF. I cut it out to the size I need. And then I'll kind of trace around the figure thinking like that's more or less what I need for the plastic to hold them, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll do the same with the accessories. But I got this void at the top right. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's where the samurai mask has got to go. Like it's happening now. Yeah. So then it boom, There we go. We had samurai mask. But I, but I was like, man, I got to make this thing fit on there like a glove. So it like it's not going to come off, but it's going to stay on. But it's also going to kind of like almost snap click on there but it's resin. So you got to be careful. Like, yeah, dude, I, I, I went into it with that one for sure. It was
0: so sick to see it. And I think that's the cool part of 3d sculpting that we get to watch the process as it happens. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I uh, love, you know,
1: it's, it's yeah. another, it's a cool thing too. Like as a 3d artist, I love the, um, the being able to record what I do. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, you know, I'll just throw like OBS on, on my computer and capture a little part of like ZBrush for a couple hours and then condense it down into like, you know, 30 seconds. But I think people, I think those look awesome. Like I love like just seeing like all the work that when I do it, like in 30 seconds. So people, uh, to me, it's a reminder to everybody like, dude, there's a lot of time and effort that went into this little piece, but here it is in like 30 seconds. Enjoy. Yeah.
0: I think what, what I'm dreaming of that someone does, cause I don't do it. Um, there are things that go on in the background all the time on YouTube totally. for me. And if someone just threw it together where there was no talking, you yeah. had royalty free music that was just playing like lo-fi music and it was just you sculpting yeah, and leave the video two hours, three hours, however long it took you that day. that It'll just sit like, it'll go. Like I, I think people like there are people out there that if I'm, Editing a podcast, or if I'm reaching out and dealing with different things that I got to do, I need something in the background. And that's the thing. Like, I want to be able to look up and be like, shut the F up. That looks too cool, too different than what it started as. It's
1: funny you say that because I'm actually actively working on accelerating my YouTube channel, which has one video on it that I've been lagging on big time. You've probably seen the werewolf video that's on there. So, That's, that's one of the things I want to do. You know, I I think I was getting too involved a lot on my on thinking about like these elaborate YouTube videos I wanted to do. And doing something more like that, what you're saying, like just showing like the sculpting process, Mm -hmm. and maybe even having some areas where I pop in and narrate or whatever, but, but something that you can just have on in the background that people watch for a while has some music, you know, maybe it's sped up a little bit, but you're talking over it, you have some cool music. Things like that, I think, go a long way. And I kind of wanted to do, because it's funny, you know, I wanted to get my YouTube channel going. And originally I was like, oh, I want to do like crafting and like all the kind of thing. I was like, no, there's like too much crafting out there. I want to do that. But I feel like custom, like this kind of action figure custom stuff is more suited to what... I should be doing on there. Mm. And so I think we're gonna you're gonna see a lot more of that content coming soon. So
0: there you go. Because uh reasonably I'm I'm very Mm. big on working smarter, not harder. Very big. Totally. Each each video that you do is two videos. So like if it's just if you just record um I mean, I don't know how many you probably need two, just one camera, but if you're recording um just your screen. Mm -hmm. Um, and then have a camera recording you and talking about it and all that stuff. Um, the screen capture of the video is already its own video that just needs music. The other talking and tutorial and how you did it. That's a second video. Like you, very few people get two videos every time they film.
1: Oh, well, or, or if you even take it further and then you print it and then you paint it. Yeah. Like you've got like two or three videos there per figure. It's crazy. Her yeah. I, uh yeah. OB Toys does that a
0: lot. His videos um he's very um man, what's the word? Uh I can't think of the word. It's like um it's it's set in stone like it it very much is like this is how you do it. This is what you do. He knows his audience so oh, well. Um and he makes he takes the large scale Jurassic Park figures. Oh badass. Like cuts them up and does things and makes new dinosaurs
1: what and i didn't see this it's a yeah. youtube channel fantastically done and paints Dude, it so I, all of it i gotta check that out yeah so he like mods large-scale jurassic park
0: dinosaurs into yep. like new stuff so he's a full-time youtuber full-time dinosaur toy collector and then refuses to sell the dinosaur toys he makes
1: oh what? that's like the That's the that's the one part everybody's like, dude, really? You're just keeping all these?
0: Yeah, we talk about it.
1: What's Uh, his name?
0: Ob toys.
1: Ob toys, Toys,
0: dude. Yeah, we talk about. He came on the podcast, and we, his toy collection is insane. Like, realistically, I just for everyone listening, I I usually throw all these videos that away. Like when I record, I just I don't use them. It's hard. Um, We talk a little bit in the beginning about like. Camera quality for everyone, and like how I can use it, and um, and I I'm just not a video editor that much, and so I throw them away. But his, I kept his the longest because I just kept using it as ammo whenever my wife was like, "You have too many toys," and I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Look at this guy!" Oh wow! Yeah, it's just insane.
1: Oh dude, his stuff is awesome. Oh wow, he like combined a spinosaurus. With a T Rex, gave it a bunch of claws, painted. Oh, that is just yep. freaking awesome! That is so cool,
0: unreal. Yeah, he does well. Wow. And reach out. He talks. He like he'll he'll talk. Dude, that is so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah, it's just crazy. So for Gorehounds. Yeah. And for you in general, as an artist that is constantly working and creating and perfecting, what's next? Do you have a figure in mind? Do you have another toy? I have one in mind that I hope that one day you do, but we'll get to that point.
1: Yeah, no, I'm 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 totally game. So there's been one that I've there's actually a couple. So I've been working on a motorcycle figure. So there's an actual like. It's it's half FDM printed just for, like, the body, but then with resin parts over it, mm. so it looks cooler. But an actual, like, chopper with, like, uh, a a zombie kind of, like, riding the chopper, like, maybe with, like, I don't know, some chainsaw or crazy element or something. Um, so I wanted to do a vehicle because I'm just like, dude, you got to do a vehicle, man. Like... Like it's, you're you're only going so far with the line until you do a vehicle. Then I'm like, once you have a vehicle, then it's like super legit. Like in my mind. Right. Like, so I, I want to do a chopper vehicle for that. And I was actually looking at some of the, remember like biker mice from Mars and stuff like that, like back in the days. Hell yeah. I am who I am because of that. Right. So (laughs) that like, looking how they, you know, did their choppers and stuff, like got some ideas on, on kind of how I want to do. So I've been kind of engineering some stuff together. Um, with that so there's that that's kind of like an ongoing thing and right now it's kind of shelled but i've got pieces to it Mm -hmm. um and then the other one is i'm doing another so the slaughterbot that figure that i did the slaughterbot 5000 dude that one was like pretty successful like Mm -hmm. i'm still making those and people are like dude when am i getting it and i'm like it's coming but um, I mean, I've even got some dude, like queued up right here that I'm working on. Like, here's another one that I just primed. Mm. Um, like, like so that the, the slaughterbot has been probably as successful as the um the Eldritch Beast, and because of that, I'm like, okay, I think I want to do another. I, I love like remember Exo Squad. That's kind of where the idea mm-hmm. came from. Like, I love the Exo Squad figures. Like back in the day, like all about those comes from my love of robots, Gundam, all that stuff but it was they're kind of edgy too and like a little bit different bulky almost felt like almost warhammerish in a way yeah um and uh so that's kind of where the idea for like the, the slaughterbot came from was doing like I oh, dude I want to do a figure and then he's got like you know he has like the the little canopy that comes down over the top of him you know all that stuff to kind of hold the character in that's cool i haven't seen people doing that and i think that's why they dig the slaughterbot cuz they're like dude it's like a figure in a figure it's really cool And so I want to take it further. So the next figure I'm doing, I don't know if it's going to be the next figure, but the one I'm working on, which you might've seen uh, on my Instagram, but it's kind of like a a variation of like a slaughter bot, but it's all bone. Mm. It's like a bone in a bone and sinew kind of suit. So imagine like this giant beast bone kind of creature just made of just you know, like bone and, and just tissue and all kinds of stuff. But then the inside, so the, the creature inside of it is almost like Muckman, where it's just organs. It's like it's just a big pile of organs and like this, like an, and the head would actually be the head of the character in there. So he like not only pilots it, but he's an integral part of this beast creature. So that's kind of the next one I'm doing. And I kind of want him to be like my shredder, right? I want him to be like the, the main bad guy that kind of, you know, causes all of this chaos, maybe like, I don't know. It's kind of like, to me, a little bit of like reanimator in there. There's like, there's like a couple little tropes that I'm trying to throw into yeah. that, that figure, but I want to, that's just like, and that just came from me like doodling, right? I doodled. I think the, I have a sketch on there on my Instagram of it. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's fair on me. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do that. That's, that would be cool. But I feel like not only would it be cool, it would be cool to put next to the slaughter bot because You've got this techie one, then you'll get this one that's kind of organic, and I feel like there's a good... It would just be cool to see those two on the shelf together. Sometimes I make decisions literally because of that. Like, this would just be bitching to see on a shelf, and I think people would like it. (laughs) That's what I do, right? Like, the
0: ultimate way to be making toys. You love them, you produce them. Right? Like,
1: who doesn't want this on their shelf? I mean, come on. Right? Holy (laughs) hell. So I make it. I'm glad to hear...
0: That those are coming.
1: Yeah. So there's that. And then um beyond that, um, I want to get back into because like got a lot of brainsaw fans out there who like love brainsaw. They're always hitting me up, like, are you gonna make another brainsaw? And so my thought process is I'm gonna go back to more of the some of the undead stuff for some of the 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 next ones coming out after the the bone mech guy. Um, I want to get back into just kind of more of those like really super stylized undead characters, so in the vein of Brainsaw, but maybe even a little more crazier. Um, just doing some of those just to kind of add to the army of the undead, you know, if we're fighting in cemeteries, you've got to have more of those type of figures, right? And so that's kind of where I'm going to go next with those. And I'm thinking I'm going to do like two, but what's funny is I actually have man, I say that. I say that right now, I'm like, yeah, one of these undead ones, right? Yeah. But I literally have two other figures queued up that I still have to finish, um, which I know you mentioned. So I've got a skateboarding werewolf with spray cans. Don't ask me why. So that one is scraps, and he's already got the packaging done. The model's pretty much all finished. I've even 3D-printed little skateboards for him Mm -hmm. to kind of cruise around on. Um, I just haven't got around to, you know, getting him tidied up to the point where he should be. And then also I have another werewolf because originally it was funny when I started Gorehounds, there were all going to be werewolves. Mm. Like literally like the whole line was just going to be like Gorehounds, but like, Oh, werewolves, like hounds werewolf, like, it was yeah. like a, like a, you know, kind of like tongue in cheek, like, you know, silly kind of thing. But then I was like, no, 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 Gorehounds, you know, means like horror fans and stuff. Let's do Cthulhu. Cause that's my favorite. And that's where I start. And then it like, you know, had its own thing. But um, I have all these like werewolf designs for different werewolf characters. I wanted to do. And it's funny when I was, when I was at a game studio back in the day, I was going to do a game called Gorehounds and it was all about werewolves that fight each other. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was like, gonna be like a fighting game with werewolves like pie in the sky. Never, never going to happen, but I did a shit ton of concept art for it and like all this stuff. And so I went back to a lot of those designs and I'm like, dude, I'm going to make these toys in the Gorehounds toy line. So I've got scraps, which is the, the skateboarding one. And he's kind of just like, just he's like your Mondo Gecko, right? Mm-hmm. He's like a a goofy kind of skateboarding punk character, but he's undead and he's also a werewolf. That's that's all that's all there is to him. It's just cool. You know, like there's nothing there's nothing there that's like really relevant. You know, I'm like, okay, maybe he skates around and tags like the the bad guy's logo mm-hmm. everywhere. So I don't know. Um, and then um, and then I've got Moonclaw, which was actually one of the he was gonna be the second figure I, I made. And I, I even prototyped him and everything. I just never got around to finishing him. But again, he's got the packaging done. He's he's all like, like close to getting go. And I hit people still hit me up. They're like, dude, when are you gonna release Moonclaw? It's been like two years. I'm like, yeah, I probably should. <laughs> and, and he's like a like a Dr. and Jekyll werewolf. Yeah. So like part of him is like just insanely mutated with like a huge like claw. The other's the other half's like a normal werewolf. So yeah there's him as well. Um, so those are like the two werewolves that have just been kind of sitting there waiting to be created. And Jinro was kind of like, okay, let's do some werewolves, right? Let's kick it off with him. And I honestly, I just wanted to do Jen because I was like, like werewolves, werewolf samurais are awesome. So let's make him, that's all that was. Um, but you know, let's see, let's see how well he does in All right, maybe I'll put the other ones out. Right. I think for sure Scratch has to, or uh, uh, Scraps, because I just think he's a really, I think it'd be cool to have one like on a skateboard. It's literally the only reason why. And my kid, we were driving the other day. He's like, you should make a DJ one that's called Scratch. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's actually kind of a good idea too. Yeah. But, um, (laughs) so yeah, I mean, but I do want to do the undead ones because I feel like, You know, Mr. Uh, uh, He just needs he needs like some more undead buddies for his his uh, his army. You know what I mean?
0: (laughs) Heck, yeah. I think, uh, man, those are ambitious things that you're taking on and creating so many of them. And so sick to see.
1: Right. It's yeah. Well, for me, it's like it's fun to do. You know, it's a lot of work, but also it's like there's something super therapeutic about, you know, I mean you know, there's a point in your life, sometimes where like, you're so many things going on, sometimes you just need to sit down and just make something cool and just not think and make some artwork that you like, right. And I think that it helps me sometimes when I do that, because it just kind of zones me out. And I don't have to think so much about everything else that's going on, like in life in the world, like whatever, you can just like, sit there and make some cool stuff and then show it to the world and people are either going to love it or they're going to hate it or they're going to think you're like super messed up or whatever, Yeah. but it's, it's just fun, man. It's like, it's, it's, it's a hobby, but it's also like, it's fun to do. And also, you know, as a 3d artist, like you're, you're constantly honing your skills, right? So it's like, you know, the more you do it, the better you get, the faster you get, I mean, I've been doing it for like 20 years. So I feel like now I'm like really at a point where I can like bust stuff out like really quick if I need to. But yeah, that took a long time to get there. You know, it's like, it's almost like muscle memory, right? The more you do it, like the quicker and faster you are at it. And I think that especially with like 3D sculpting, you kind of get that way. You know, where, you know, where all the tools are in the program, you know, like how to, how to move like your your pen a certain way to get a certain result like you just know there's like an intuitive thing that comes with it after a while you know so there's that as well
0: dude that's so sick i can't wait for the, to see those come out um it's been so good to have you on the podcast
1: dude yeah no for sure i've actually wanted to get on here uh, for a while but i've just been Like I said, I just kind of disappeared for a little bit and now I'm back. So yeah, all, all good. Uh, The same thing
0: for every artist that comes on, please plug away as we close this out where they can get your toys, where they can find you. If you do commissions, all that stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, So I'm actually working on a couple of commissioned projects right now. Some really, really cool stuff in the works. Um, Can't talk about it just yet, but I'll let you know as soon as it's ready um but um so you can find me on well 3dsorcery.com is me so that's like my 3d stuff like everything i do that also leads to gorehounds.com which has all of the figures if you want to get any figure drops you can also click on the store and instagram if you want to buy anything in there so everything the next thing i'm going to be doing though that i i'm like everybody's like well dude why don't you have merch because some people don't want to buy toys, but they want to buy like your artwork on mm. stuff. And I've got, t- I have so much artwork I've been doing for this over the like couple of years. So I'm gonna start doing some merch, like just for fun. I'm gonna throw some merch on there, some hoodies, some different stuff. So I've been working on a couple of really cool designs. I'm gonna be throwing up there soon on that. If you want to get your hands on any of the Gorehound stuff, um, but yeah, man, just doing that and trying to get it going and just having fun with it. And um, yeah, I I do commission work, so if you in something hit me up if I have time um if I'm not too busy with other projects and stuff but um yeah always open to talk to people and guide people. I, I talk to so many other toy people, especially people in the community who are just like customizing their own stuff or getting into it or they need like assistance or kind of like pointers on stuff, guiding them in the right direction all that stuff like I you know you start to develop there's like definitely like a, an inner circle of like toy customizers that all yeah. kind of like, you know, as you know, Right. We all kind of like talk to each other and, and and shoot each other tips and pointers and ideas and all that kind of stuff. And it's good to kind of have that community, too, because, you know, a lot of these people are trying to kickstart their own projects or, you know, sell their work. And promoting other people's stuff is like super huge and just getting out there, being a part of community projects like that. Making a mutant, I think, is big. Um, I think that's just going to constantly evolve and get cooler and cooler because there's so. what's cool about that is there's just a lot of really talented people that are part of that crew that you know their own stuff is like they're doing badass stuff for that project but the stuff that they're doing like on their own is like just i mean there are some really good artists in there you know like it it it's pretty awesome to see some of the stuff that's in there like that SNZ toys awesome more horrific's awesome like there's some really good artists in there like i love their stuff it's great so yeah yeah dude
0: thank you again for coming on absolutely
1: oh yeah Gorehounds with a z (laughs) (laughs)
0: Awesome, (laughs) awesome Thank you so much It's been such a blast
1: having you on Dude, thank you man It It was super fun